1: Welcome into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosimo, and you are listening on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? We got a good show for you today. I'm actually really excited about this one. We have a returning guest, um, my first guest I ever had on the um, Believe in the ATP Tour podcast. And to tell you the truth, the whole time I was getting a podcast with Believe, I was in constant communication with this guy. And how should I do my podcast? What should I do? And I was like, you're going to be my first guest, but I need like help figuring out how I'm going to get this platform and how I'm going to get this podcast. And this is what we came up with. And we've got an ATP show now. And he's a big, a big part of how this podcast started. So please welcome in former D3 standout, serve fanatic, rock star, tennis coach, Mason Bolte. Mason, how are you?
2: I'm doing great, man. Better after that intro. That is, uh, that is something I'm just blown away. Uh, your generosity, man. It's not, it's cool to see, um, how the podcast has come to be and it's great to have been a part of it. And thanks for having me join you again today.
1: Uh, I thought you'd be pretty excited after that intro. I wasn't expecting to do it that big, but once I got rolling, you couldn't stop me there.
2: <laughs> Man, yeah, I'm still, I'm still trying to, you know, trying to process all of that. That was, that was a lot. So thank you for that.
1: Um, tennis is back, Mace, and um, a, a lot of good, a lot of good things are happening. Uh, hopefully for the future. But the, you know, the UTR Pro Match Series that happened down in West Palm Beach, Florida, happened, and Riley Opelka um one that won. there were a few big names in that you want to speak just about how that how that actually happened I'll go into some um I'll go into some you know specifics on it players use different kind of uh ear ear sets everything was sanitized um as you can think but um you know they sanitized everything players were apart from everybody they didn't shake hands after the match it was a little different way of doing things but they still got to play tennis and I think that's the big takeaway from this is players still got to play tennis right Mace
2: yeah, absolutely. I believe uh, at the time it was the first uh, professional sporting event in the United States since everything shut down, since that big day with uh, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert and everything got shut down. So it is cool that tennis kind of was able to lead the way on returning back to professional sports. Um, but yeah, from from what I know, uh, players had different balls. Everything was very sanitized. Um there min- there's minimal like camera crew there. A lot of it was done with like robotics, um, which was actually pretty cool to see. I didn't watch a whole lot of it, but when I did uh, click to it a little bit, it was kind of some interesting camera views, and um, it was just great to see tennis back on back on TV and just something something live. I've been craving it for a while, so it was, it was awesome to see.
1: Um, I think something really interesting about this um, tournament was, well, there were only four players in it, but it's like more like a round robin, but um, there were no umpires, no umpires, no ball boys. boys. It kind of brought you back to OG tennis, like high school tennis, or I mean, even college tennis for that matter. But there was no umpire. I think there was a chair umpire, but that was it. Um, And it kind of brought tennis back to its roots and just, hey, you trust me with this call. I don't believe there was a Hawkeye system. Um, it was kind of just, Hey, you know, like back, back to old school tennis. And I think if, if we're going to do this, if we're going to start having matches like this, is this the way we have to go?
2: I think in the immediate future it is. Yeah. I mean, I think you just have to limit the number of people that are out there and, you know, we all grew up playing tennis just you and one other person, not even having the chair there, you know, and we all got by maybe with some horror stories here and there, but uh, we all made it, you know, and I think it's, it's almost refreshing for me to see them take it back to the back to the roots and uh, keep things kind of simple, you know, and um, that's one of the great things about tennis is you have to build that respect between you and your opponent and make good line calls. And um, I mean, it's interesting when there's, you know, millions of dollars on the line, maybe a little different uh, situation there, but at least for just getting back onto the court and, having somewhat of a product for people to watch tennis again, I think was, was huge and um, yeah, kind of cool to see how they were able to adapt.
1: So after this one, um, like I said, Opelka won that Um, Tommy Paul was also in it. Some other players and um, this was all on tennis channel stuff. And I think tennis channel was the official, um, you know, TV of that. So if you want to watch the next one, the next one is actually a women's one and it's got a, and Nisimova, uh, Mova, Daniel Collins, I, uh, Ayla Tamlanovich, and Allison Risk. I think that'll be fun to watch. Um, it's in Florida, and so um, if you want to see how they do things, want to see it happen. This one kind of snuck up on me. I didn't even see this one coming, and then all of a sudden it was like, boom, it's here. Um, and then they're like, oh, tennis is back. And I was like, oh, wait, what? What happened? I just saw it on the tennis channel. Um, but the tennis channel did a really good job with that one. I think the way they set up the cameras, the way they set up um, everybody else that everybody's got masks on, stuff like that. And um if everybody tests is ne- tests negative, by all means, just play a match between two people. Um, let's move into a little bit of some stuff that's come up over the last few weeks while we've been in quarantine in the tennis world. Um, I talked about this I think a few weeks ago in my podcast, but um Dominic Team's comments about not giving money in a charitable aspect to the younger players, um saying he doesn't want to because, Um, I think this was presented by Novak Djokovic saying us as players, top players, we should be able to give money to the younger ones that don't really, you know, make a bunch of money during, (laughs) don't make a bunch of money on the tour, definitely don't make any money while they're not playing. And um, team was against it. Um, I don't know for any of the right reasons. I think some of the reasons were right, some were wrong, but it's his own opinion, Mace. What did you think about his comments?
2: First of all, it surprised me that it came out of his mouth. Um, if you would have told me that Zverev said that, I would have been like, Yeah, that's that's on character. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't recall hearing him say things uh, like that before. I believe one of the reasons was that he thought that they they don't work as hard. <laughs> um, or in that, you know, if you were to give them money then they would kind of take away incentive to continue to grind through this time and you know, when they get back on tour. And I'm I'm just not I'm not buying that at all. Um, I it, Tennis is so much deeper than people realize. I mean, and, and you got to be really so close to the top in order to really be making decent money. Um, and so, I mean, guys that are, you know, 101 to 500, there's some really talented tennis players out there. Um, that, you know, for one reason or another, they're not in the top 100 yet, but that does not mean that they're not working hard, that they're not talented and that they can't eventually break through to that point. Um, and I just think, I, I don't know. I think that the top guys definitely can help support. I mean, what that looks like and how much, to what extent that can be debated, but I I think it's interesting that he wanted to make the point that nothing should be, you know, given at all, um. So yeah, I don't it'll be interesting to see um, what other professionals think about that and when we get back if you know if he has kind of a target on his back from some of the younger guys or um, how things play out but yeah, it definitely surprised me.
1: Yeah, and I think something to definitely think about with this is I looked it up I think last week and Dominic team career winnings has made 24 million dollars and by no By no scheme of the imagination, that's a lot of money. $24 million is a lot of money over your career. But if you think about it, the big three, um, Novak Djokovic, Nadal, Rafa, who are not Nadal and Rafa, same guy, Nadal and um, Federer, they make like over 24 a year, especially in endorsements and stuff. And team makes some endorsements money. But like, I mean, at one point it came out that Roger Federer is making $60 million a year. Now can Federer donate a million or two, maybe, in one year to help out some younger players? Absolutely. I'm sure it's like me giving $10. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just the fact that team is a top player, but he still hasn't made close in his career to what the big time players have. I think it came out last year that Djokovic has made like, he's the top right now, he's made $135 million in his career. Like something ridiculous like that. So like, I get, I get where teams coming from. Um, like you said, it's very surprising to hear it come out of his mouth. But um, at the end of the day, if he does have a target on his back, you still got to beat Dominic Team, and he's good. So um, good luck with that. One thing this also reminded me of is Noah Rubin did a piece with, I believe, CBS uh, after the U.S. Open. I think they did it in the summer, but it aired after the U.S. Open. And he goes, at the end of the day, every year with travel and everything else, he goes i make about $40,000 a year and i was like what yeah and he goes with travel you know paying my paying people to come with me whatever the case may be he goes i just make straight up 40 grand a year which professional athlete makes 40 grand a year you're a little surprised so i think that kind of puts in perspective what you were talking about that mace um and then let's move on to this was big news last week uh rafa doesn't want doesn't think tennis should be back in 2020 um what's your thoughts on this because this kind of surprised me especially a competitor like Rafael Nadal
2: yeah I mean I heard he uh, hasn't touched the racket since everything stopped and I think maybe he's he's fallen in love with video games and doesn't want to come back too soon but no I'm just kidding but um I I think it's kind of too early to definitively say I mean I think if there can be more Uh, I, I think tennis with fans should not return you know tennis the way that we've grown used to seeing it probably won't return in 2020 but can tennis to some degree come back I mean just look at this last weekend it did and I would say it was pretty successful um I I don't know to what scale you can you can bring it back or what that would look like for the rankings um, so may, maybe speaking to that a little bit you know like official sanctioned large tournaments that count towards rankings um, but i definitely think that this weekend really showed that it can return at least to some some degree um with the right precautions in place and i think that if it can return i mean it, it should um as long as it's safe and um you know they're testing everybody beforehand and they're taking the precautions that they need to um but yeah it is interesting hearing that come from rafa and the competitor that he is um you would think he'd be itching to get back out there but i mean credit to him too for you know kind of keeping things in perspective i think it's very easy as a professional athlete to come out and say things you know like lebron right away said i don't want to play if there's no fans and it's like well that didn't that didn't age very well (laughs) yeah i was gonna Um, say that didn't age well at all no not at all um and so i mean Credit to Rafa. I think he's he's a deep thinker, and you know maybe trying to get get word out and you know start a conversation around priorities and what what really matters at this time. And so I, I see that side of it as well.
1: I mean, without without getting like too political, I just think it'd be you know without a vaccine and without you know necessary cure. Um, I think I think it's hard to bring big major sports back. I mean, even look at like. If you look at, like, an NFL team, if an NFL team is going to play another NFL team, yeah, there's 53 guys on a roster, but then there's a coaching staff, a training staff, a travel staff, a equipment staff, right? There's all these people. And even, yeah. in, even in tennis, you got, like, if you want umpires, you know, that's another, you know, six, seven people on a court. If you want ball kids or ball persons, that's another you know, seven other people on a court, if you want, you know, if you want the directors of the tournament there, that's another, you know, administration staff, and, you know, stuff like that, Um, you're going to need food staff for the players, that's another, you know, 100 people in total, so I think that's definitely something to think about, and it gets, um, it gets in a little broader, a little broader subject here, but for guys like Rafa, I mean, we just talked about the money aspect, Rafa can go a year without playing, because for sure. Rafa's got dough. Like Rafa just bought like a four point something million dollar yacht last year. Like, I think, I think he's okay. Um, but like we said, guys like Noah Rubin, guys that, that are low on the totem pole, you know, how much does this hurt them not going for a year? And that kind of brings us back to the team thing and all that stuff. And we could go in circles all day. Um, but could, could there be a future? Um, I mean, do you think things that are like this coronavirus stuff, is going to change the way the actual sport of tennis is in the future because i know other sports are thinking yeah it could be um you know could arthur Ashe only hold half capacity this year or next year do you think like this kind of thing will really oh yeah maybe maybe the balls will get changed more stuff like that do you think that'll change
2: uh i think some aspects will i don't think that the number of of seats in will change. Assuming everyone is healthy, I think that they're going to want those ticket sales. And so I think in terms of how many fans are allowed, you know, once we get on the other side of this, say there's a vaccine and and it's safe for people to congregate again, I don't think that that aspect will change, but I think that they will kind of take a look at how many people they have on the court physically and how many people that you need, really need to have. And, you know, do you really need one person dedicated to bringing the towel over to Rafa, you know, and emotions for it. Um, and I know that like, um, it's interesting because the next gen finals, um, they've been going to the Hawkeye system. So there aren't officials on, on the court. And I believe that they don't have any um, like towel bullies either. Um, so they've already been kind of flirting with some of these different rules. And so, I could see, I could see those things changing, but I don't think that they're going to change the number of people in attendance. I mean, that's, that's very necessary revenue for, for every tournament. And so I, I think that, yeah, they'll, they'll take a look at some of the practices that they have now and see if there's ways that they can improve and, you know, kind of even, even cutting costs a little bit. So.
1: And I, I think with the next gen thing, you brought up a really good point, how they are, how they've already done stuff like this. And it just goes to show that ATP is way ahead of the world. It 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 only makes sense that the ATP tour is way ahead of the NFL and the NHL and the MLB. Because, well, I guess the MLB is going to probably go without umpires. They, like, that's oh, just really? something. That, well, that's just something I made up. But like, for the last <laughs> few years, they've been trying to go without umpires. So they very well sure. could. Um, I guess back to the tennis part, um about the actual players playing, could this break really benefit people? Um because I know a lot of people are like, oh, you know, I you know, everyone just wants to play tennis. Everyone just wants to play tennis. But could this long break and giving rest to certain players benefit some people? And who? Uh,
2: I think Fed is is feeling pretty good right now um he, he was gonna sit out for a while he was he, he wasn't healthy and now he gets a pretty good break and I mean I guess I think it overall would would be positive for him I'm assuming that he's still working out and staying sharp and everything I know he works out like a like an animal um so I think the the rest for him could be good I, whereas I think that it, it hurts Djokovic a bit I mean he was really rolling. In the prime of his career, you know, and having Rafa and Fed kind of have continued to wear and tear their body, um, I think would have helped him. And so I think this could potentially hurt him some. Um, Yeah, in general, I think it also could benefit some players that are from countries where the outbreak wasn't as bad. Um, if they were able to continue playing or did they have a private court or whatever, I think guys that have been able to continue to train and have access to tennis uh, will benefit more so than those that you know are from countries where they, they have really severe outbreaks and everything had to shut down and they just had to put the racket down for a while. So, um, I also think it can benefit people who use it as an opportunity um <laughs> uh, i think that there's kind of an individual mindset and in how in how people go about it is can be so different um and those who really maximize the opportunity to get better i think they'll come out on top and people who kind of just try to get through it i guess will will not benefit as much
1: yeah i i think i know i think another part of this is this happens a lot of times in sports but you can especially see it in tennis but like tennis players from a young age, if you're especially if you're going to be good, you're only focused on tennis, right? Like, I mean, you've seen it. For sure. There's been players that, you know, if they want to be really good at tennis, their whole life is tennis. They travel for tennis. They do that, you know, they practice every day. You know, if they go to, um, I don't know a whole lot about IMG, but they'll go down to IMG and they'll live there, you know, and they'll play every day, all day, right? And so yeah. a, a part of me is like, Maybe some of these tennis players who have never done anything else but tennis now have to do everything else but tennis. So, you're going to find I think you're going to find guys or um players that come back and that are just like, yeah, I've kind of found like a new passion. You know, like I I figured out something else I like to do. Like, who knew I liked to play video games and I was good at it, but now I do it. You know, so now when they're going yeah. to now when they're going to these tournaments, yeah, I kind of like to play video games, or people like Poss who you know, Poss is lucky enough. He found out he likes to do YouTube videos, but I mean, Vavrinka's over here posting on Instagram of him in the same room thirty times. You know, like he's maybe yeah. he's like you know I got a creative side. Let's let's see how this creative side goes. Um, so I think um, it could hurt or benefit players really in that aspect of um, figuring out something else to do um Mason you're quarantined up how's uh are you still teaching tennis how's that going
2: no I'm not uh I'm not teaching tennis everything is pretty shut down here still um public parks in Minneapolis have taken down their nets at least for now um they were up for a while but I guess there are enough complaints that you know there'd be high schoolers out there in groups of 10 blaring their music and you know, that's why we can't have anything nice anymore. <laughs> um, some some but, people's kids, man, I tell you what. Yeah, yeah, for real. Um, so so no, but I'm uh we're we're starting to work to put together plans of what it would look like when we are able to come back. Um, we're under a stay-at-home order through May eighteenth. Um, so we're we're preparing as though on the eighteenth or the or the nineteenth that we would be able to open and, and just trying to get everything together. Um, figuring out how we can make things work. How do we get people into our tennis center? Um, how do we do that safely? Can we do small group stuff? You know, what does that look like? And so I, uh, yeah, I'm staying, staying busy, even though I'm not able to get out on court a whole lot, but um, itching, itching to get back. You definitely won't, uh, won't take it for granted anymore. And once we're able to get back,
1: what part of your game is going to hurt the most when you get back?
2: Um, honestly, I think my, my volleys. So I'm not, I'm not kidding. So I teach uh, a lot of eight and under tennis in elementary schools. And so we use red balls and mini rackets and everything. And a lot of what I do is, you know, I'll I'll try to rally with the kids. So I'll come up to the the mini net and kids will just like tag them right at me. And then I got to try to like react and, and you know hit it right back in front of them nicely so they can have a decent swing at the next one so i'm constantly like having to dive all over the place and like sit the volley like in this perfect spot for them and i swear man it, it helped my hands and so um I, i'm a little worried i'm gonna have some stone hands once i get back i don't i don't have those reps with the, the kids in the gym
1: you, you're, you're gonna need a whole hopper of balls because they're ta- oh, for if, sure. they're, if they're tagging them at you no way you're getting them back after this quarantine
2: yeah, no. <laughs> I no know that way. feeling.
1: It's like all it's all about the kids. So you got to hit it like perfect to them, but at the same time, oh, yeah. they're sailing them right at your head.
2: So oh yeah, oh yeah. They're, they'll send one, send one over my head. I mean, I'm six five, so you know it's it's way up there. And the next one will be square at my chest. The next one will be halfway across the gym, and I'm just I gotta gotta stay on my toes. How was, uh, how is
1: quarantine? You good? Like, how's, how's everything going? You guys just hanging out? I mean, is there any hobbies you picked up?
2: Um, I've been, uh, I've been working out a good amount. That's, that's been fun. We got a little, little home gym set up here. And that's kind of my, my daily escape is, is getting, going down the basement, you know, throwing some, throwing some weight on the bar, (laughs) throwing it around a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, all in all, I said, you know, I think, uh a lot of a lot of pretty solid days you know doing well mentally feel like i'm making the most of, of the time that i have um and then there's some days that are a little bit rougher you know but that's that's just kind of the way it goes i think that you're you're fooling yourself if you if you act like you're going to get through this whole <laughs> this whole pandemic you know just just riding high the whole time and life is nothing but daisies and roses. You yeah. know I mean? There's, there's going to be challenges here and there, but you know, that's life and you just got kind of push through and see the good things in life. You know, I think this has also kind of opened up my eyes to not take things for granted, you know, and really cherish the time that you have with the people around you and tell the people you love that you love them. And so I think, yeah, I mean, it's good. I'm, I'm, I think I'm using it as an opportunity to learn more about myself and, just you know how to have a better perspective and how to look at life well i've been really into the band work lately like i've
1: been i bought a band and i've been really into you, you know, sure like you know it, using not weights but bands so hopefully you know that tones down a little bit so i'm looking forward to the next time i see you you're gonna be a little bit more oh, yeah you're gonna be a little bit more bulkier hopefully i'm just a little bit more toner and right. um it'll complement each other really well don't you think
2: for sure yeah we gotta we gotta get out to a beach we don't we don't need to get out to a tennis
1: court because i i hate to tell i hate no. to tell everybody a part of this podcast but i don't think i've played tennis in a year and Oof. yeah and Brutal. you knew how my how my backhand was you know off and on before that it, it would spotty, be yeah. atrocious <laughs> right now like I'm, t- I'm talking running around everything only hitting forehands fetter on clay style like
2: well i mean it's good you're such a great athlete then you'll make it
1: work huh a lot of slice backhands that's I, fair. I think I think I texted you last year when I moved when I moved to Sioux Falls and I was like we're going to play in that as for a tournament next summer. Right? I think I
2: texted I think you a, might, I, that, I think that might I think that might have happened. I was like I, think sh- so.
1: I was like we should play doubles in this tournament. Little did I know, I would never play yeah, tennis in Sioux Falls and a <laughs> pandemic would come along and it would it's I think it's probably canceled. But I'm a little
2: I, I would assume, yeah.
1: I'm a little grateful for this pan, or like for that being canceled. Now, because I would hate for you to text me on a rainy day here in May and be like, "Hey, remember that tournament we're playing in this summer? You want to like
2: actually play?" Man, uh, you would have been, you would have fine. You would have fine. Just no backhand. You're just, put, just, just put me on up. the forehand side. And let me tee off. <laughs> just, just camp out. Yeah.
1: Um, Mace, we've said this before, but where are you at on social media?
2: <laughs> uh i'm pretty dormant on social media but uh <laughs> there's nothing to post in
1: lockdown i'm not gonna lie i'm with you
2: man i wasn't posting before that i uh <laughs> <laughs> i consume social media but i I often do not opt in but if if you know all the viewers out there are interested my insta is uh at m-a-s-b-u-l-t-j-e mace Bulche. and yeah you're it's it's just such a great Instagram page.
1: It's content for a lifetime is what I like to call it.
2: <laughs> have you looked at it? At I'm looking, at,
1: like I'm looking at it right now. We we're looking on oh, March okay. 11th. That's not bad.
2: Yeah. It was a birthday. And look, at, so look at the one before that. That was pre, like October of the year before. Pre, pre-birthday posting.
1: <laughs> we have October 6, 2018. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a but, work in progress. And it then, is, yeah. See, I'm,
2: I'm always looking to improve, right? There's yeah. there's room to improve my Instagram. But.
1: I made it on there on June 30th of 2018. Yeah, guys, we're fine. We we'll post things. Yeah. We we'll post things to the story every once in a while. That's all that really matters.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, you got to. You can't give them too much content. You know, you got to keep the viewers watching more. And I think I've executed that to a T.
1: You're really nervous about that content overload, aren't you?
2: <laughs> I yeah, it's the last thing I want.
1: Just when people forget he's on social media, boom, he comes back. So yep, don't. Yep. I'm saying, don't give sleep the people on what him. they want. <laughs> well, Mace, I appreciate you coming on today. Um, I know it's a gloomy day here in South Dakota, and I can't imagine Southern Minnesota is any better. Um, oh, it's it's sunny, man. Is it really? Yeah, it's beautiful. Not a cloud in the sky. That's a shame. I think it's it's it looks windy and about 40 here out this window right now. Ooh. So. Um, I'm not gonna go for a walk today. I don't think I'm gonna go outside. Um, I think I'm just gonna binge watch some Netflix a little bit more after this. Um, but thanks for coming on. If you want to reach out to Believe, you can reach out at believepodcast.com or at or not, no at believe podcast on social media, Twitter and Instagram, and then at or believe.com p l e a v. You think I'd have this down by now? And reach out to me at Jacob Sirsasimo. Um, on any social media, to let me know what you think, what you want to hear. And any guests you want to have on in the future? I think we're gonna work on um, some more. Me and Mace met at a tennis camp. We talked about that in the last one. I think I'm gonna to try to get a few more of them. We have a, we have a friend. I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch this right now, Mace. Um, I'm gonna plug this with no sponsorship. Um, Tricky tennis on Instagram.
2: Oh yeah. You know what I'm yeah. talking about? Oh, I know all about it. Yep. I'm gonna
1: see if I can get him. Um, Matt Monahan. He taught at tennis camp with us. And he started this tricky tennis on Instagram and he does all these tricks. He did them at camp, right? He had a bunch of these in his pocket, right?
2: Yeah. He was, he was really good then, but I think he's really taking it to another level. Like, like I actually don't know that I've seen other people do tricks like he does. Like he's, He's very good. WTA like reposted one of his things. Like he's he's big time. So
1: yeah, I, all I, the viewers
2: got to check it out.
1: Yeah, I knew he was. I knew he was good. And like, I think we were roommates with him too. And he would like in there and yeah. just like do a bunch of like tennis tricks. But like some of the ones I've watched, I'm like that is unbelievable. Like I don't know how you do that.
2: It, yeah, it's next level talent,
1: man. So shout out to shout out to Matt Monahan. We're we might get him. Doesn't he live in Scotland?
2: Uh, last I last I knew, yes.
1: We'll see. We'll see how the international service and stuff like that goes, and we'll see. We'll see what. Uh, we'll see if he responds to my DM if I shoot him one, because I don't know if I have his number anymore. Um, <laughs> but we'll see how that goes. But once again, Mace, thanks for coming on today, and um, OG podcaster and first returning guest we've had. Appreciate it, Mace. Thanks.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me.
0: This is the story of the Wad. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently.